0: as a creative person you can't just go full on into the creative process only you have to deal with a bunch of other things yeah Uh, how does that work for you how do you kind of manage your creative output and outflow along with all the other stuff you have to do to keep that alive
1: that's that's a really good question it's really challenging because um i find that like in many ways all my all my years of dancing with my creative voice has led me to this moment of being able to juggle it with my everyday mundane demands and routines and all those things like i've been i've been writing since i mean i've been writing for as long as i can remember but i was like always working on something you know since Mm -hmm. high school like you know i had a i had a little blackberry that i would take to school or rather leave at I would like my, I would take the train with my mom and, uh, in high school every so often. And like, you know, whenever I did, I would, um, I would write on my, on my, uh, Blackberry, all the stories that I had in my mind, all the observations that I made on the train, little things like that. And so I was always with it, you know what I mean? Like I was always on, on beat with it. Um, and, uh, then on my way back home, I would also do the same thing. Like, you know, I would always be with my writing. And so, what I find is that even still, like, you know, I have this visual in my mind that, like, the creative wellspring is always there. And, like, in in me, I'm always sitting beside it. But in my conscious reality, like, and where I am in the moment, I'm also at this table. You know with the journal in front of me having this conversation with you you know if i'm you know doing dishes and doing you know cooking and doing mundane things there is a part of me that is also like still there in that creative stream trying to see if there's a relationship between what I'm working through on the inside and what is going on in the outside and how I relate to that thing or how present I can be with that thing. And oftentimes what I find is that there are like little synchronicities between what I'm feeling, um, what I'm working through on the inside and my relationship to my activity. So for example, I'll notice that like my ability to be present with the mundane is dependent on How at ease or at peace I am with what I'm currently working through. Mm -hmm. So, if I am experiencing some kind of inner friction or turbulence because of something that I'm working through creatively, like I'm trying to work out, for example, like what is this thing that wants to be said? You know, what is this thing that wants to be expressed? And I like, I know it's there, I feel it, you know, I can intuit that there's like, a seed of an idea that wants to be born and i don't have the words for it and so i have to let the day be be the collaborator there i i I, that's kind of how it works for me is like how how agitated am i while doing this activity and like how um sort of demanding am i of this creative idea to be born already how much can i surrender to this creative idea and how at peace can i be in my conscious reality with the thing itself does that make any sense like does course, that yeah. kind of yeah, tap yeah. in? but um of yeah so I, I think like it's really challenging to to you know to keep it all i guess to keep it all afloat i think that you find like at least one of the one of the one of the things that you sort of have to do is mix the levels where it's like, you have to remind yourself that even the mundane work that even the like, you know, menial tasking of things is still part of the creative process that it's not removed from the creative process, that it's not without the creative process. Um, and so like, that's something for me that I try to do is mix the levels is try to tell myself like, okay, well maybe it's not um you know, maybe doing this chore or activity or task is not as stimulating as like, you know, writing per se right now. But, um, you know, as they say, you know, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And so like, if I can be with this activity as fully and as wholly as I can, um, then that is not within its, that is not without its own creative magic as well, if that makes any sense. Absolutely.
0: That's a really wise thing that you just said, you know, it's very, um, it it takes people, I think a long time to get what you just described. People who are doing their own thing, people who are, Mm. you know, self-employed, people who are creative because we get into the, you know, whatever the line of work is because Mm -hmm. we, we are passionate about, you know, the creativity that we're putting out into the world. Mm -hmm. And that's what drives us to take the risk, you know, to take the chance to go, okay, I'm, I can't not pursue this. I'm going to go into it. And so we go into it. And then there's a whole new growth process, a whole new understanding and kind of exploration process of, um, turning that passion for creativity into something that also is helping you make a living. But with any process of making a living, there's all this other stuff in the ecosystem that you have to deal with to keep it all afloat, to make it all work. And I think a friction point for a lot of people who are entering that phase, no matter if they're doing creativity, if they're just like a solo entrepreneur whatever it is, is that they go. I just want to be doing the thing that brought me here in the first place. I just want to be writing. I don't want to be looking at like how to like do get tax write offs and schedule things and like do do all this stuff. I want to just do the writing. And it takes a minute to realize, as you eloquently stated, that that's all a part of the creative process. Yeah. And fixing your mindset to where you recognize that, like, oh yeah. I'm grateful to be able to be doing this as a, as a profession, but it's still a job. And so if you can look at the stuff that you don't really like as like, okay, this is just work. Like this is work. And like, you're not always going to love every piece of it, but it's supporting the thing that you want to do. And so I think looking at like that is, yeah, not only just valuable, but it's, it's necessary.
1: Yeah. I, I agree. There's this one quote by Sojourner Truth. Um, and she says, um, I, I sell the shadow to support the substance and I love, I love that insight. Cause it's so like, you can interpret it in so many different ways and I'm not entirely sure her original intent for that statement. Um, but my, my understanding of it is, is that every, you know, if you're, every intention has a tiny shadow underneath it, right? Like, and if your intention is to write and if your intention is to make a living there, and if your intention is to be an artist, then you also have to understand that 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 the if you want to let's say you know to to keep with that visual to keep with that image if that's your north star if that's your brightest light or if that's you know the, the sun at the top of your mind then you have to know that every source of light also casts its shadow And that little source of light, um, that source of life itself and the shadow that it casts, they work together. They're not, one is not without the other, right? And so if you want to view the shadow as the thing supporting the substance and you want to view your work as that substance, then you do have to take care of that shadow as well. And that shadow can look like the little shadow activities, literally the things that nobody knows you got going on, right? Like the work behind the scenes, so to speak, where it's like, yeah, I've got to deal with Shopify and I've got to deal with, you know, the, you know, admin stuff of this website that I'm keeping up. And I've got to deal with the little bills that I got to pay there. And, you know, it's like, oh, I want to shop so that I can sell merch. Well, guess what? You know, you've got to figure out a way to, you know, automate that in some type of way, but you got to know that it's going to affect the quality, you know, all of these, all of these kinds of things that it's like, okay, well, you say you have the vision and you say you have the dream and I believe you, (laughs) you know what I mean when you say that, but you also have to know that that comes with other little sacrifices that it's not, and, and this is something that I had to learn you know, little by little gradually is that in part, there's two kind of, well, there's many different ways, but you have to, if you, if you believe in your vision and if you trust in it, and if you, and if only you know, like what your vision has for you, meaning you can only see, only you can see it through. If you feel that way, that only you can see it through, then that is going to be a lot of work for you. And you have to know that like and, and and the work doesn't have to be work with a big red w you know big scary you know w on top work it doesn't have to be that way it's just like anything else it's practice it is a practice you, you keep showing up to the menial stuff so that i can support the stuff that is meaningful and um otherwise if if you are blessed with a community of people who you, whom you can trust that's where getting a team comes in. And, you know, I think that's something, you know, to kind of like segue a little bit. That's something that in my in my twenties, I wish I lent myself A little bit more grace in that like you can't compare yourself to like a super mega artist like kanye west (laughs) you know what i'm saying (laughs) or somebody like that because they have teams you know these people who are doing all the things that you may want to be doing they have a lot of the time they have teams and they're part of a super machine kind of like what we talked about um that is Doing the shadow work to support the substance that that person is putting out. Um, And so it really just depends on, you know, on where you're at in your creative career. And I think it's, you know, incredibly valuable to be in this state of your creative career where you kind of are juggling all of it. You know, like I, you know, I I didn't, I never would have thought myself to be an entrepreneur, but here I am. You know what I mean? Like it's like, I, like, you know, you go you go to school, you're raised to do a certain thing that schooling teaches you to do, and then you find yourself called by the path that hasn't been paved yet, especially the path that hasn't been paved yet by you. And then you go out there and you realize, you know, that it, it's slow and steady. It's a tortoise race. And the mm-hmm. only, you know, the only um, competitor you have is yourself and that self thinks it's a hair but it doesn't even exist (laughs) like that's (laughs) it's not even that you're it's just you bro like it's you're you know it's literally it's just you and you all all the way through um and so like you know that's that's something i i i didn't realize that like until i was like you know maybe like a decade in to this practice and to this process that I was like, oh, I'm really doing this damn thing. I was like, yo, I really, (laughs) I'm like, I'm really out here, you know, sharing, sharing my ideas on the internet and making people feel things and, (laughs) and, um, and, uh, and really having these conversations and, you know, creating these spaces and, you know, creating work and putting it out there. And, you know, I've got the sites and I've got the, I've got the merch, I've got the vision, I've got all the things. And, like you can feel so often like man i'm not doing what x is doing i'm not doing what i'm not doing what that person's doing or i don't got it like that person's got it but it's like yeah but they don't got it like you got it either that's right. so you know what i mean so i think it's in it's incredibly valuable to hear your own story out loud sometimes and to be able to hear like oh well think of how far you've come and like how maybe when you were a kid you used to daydream about this point um you know what i mean
0: yeah. hundred percent, man. Yeah. I feel yeah. that all the time. I feel like a practice I try and do sometimes with some regularity is just tuning back into original mind. Yeah. You know, kind yeah. of taking a step out and looking at like what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, what my mm-hmm. life is like now. Mm-hmm. And then even like five years ago, you know, think about look at how things have changed you know in five years and look at 10 years ago 15 years ago as you were saying and it's just wild to try and soak in and understand like the growth the change and kind of just the you know i and i think you we, we're both living those kind of dream like lives that we hoped for 10 yeah. or 15 years ago but it doesn't yeah. feel like it because whenever you're inside of it the change and growth happens so slowly, and it's a you know a good thing to understand is that as your life gets more you know it improves, you become more successful, you get closer to doing what's important to you. It doesn't mean that all of the challenges go away. It actually means that you have more challenges, but exactly that the, what you learn is that you're always going to be in a constant state of growth and understanding of the process and yourself. And you'll always be hitting barrier after barrier after barrier. But that itself, as you said at the beginning is just another part of the creative process. And what's wonderful is that, you know, like the work that you and I both do is that you can actually apply that work and that, that wisdom and insight to that process, because the grasping and the attachment of stasis, you know, mm-hmm. of like, of like, oh, I'm comfortable because I'm making a living doing this thing. But then mm-hmm. your instinct is telling you, like, no, you need to grow, you need to change and evolve things because that's how mm-hmm. you'll stay alive and expand and go deeper. And mm-hmm. being able to go, I gotta let go of what's comfortable so I can move into the next phase. And like using Absolutely. those practices is so valuable there.
1: Yeah, it's um, you know, a thought that I find myself, or I maybe, I, okay, so. I'm having. I'll be. I'll be real with you. So as as the as the platforms keep expanding, right now we've got we've got these platforms, you know, competing with each other. We've got Twitter and Threads. You know, we had you know Instagram Reels and TikTok. And I I, I bring up these platforms because these platforms seem to be, in part, very crucial to our creative process because so much of our, uh, you know, so much of our work is. You know, we we are sharing on the internet, right? And you know, we are sharing online, and so obviously we're still doing these things behind the scenes for ourselves. But you know, the online space seems to be quite crucial to the way that we articulate our ideas. um, You know, and you know, as they say, the medium is the message, right? And so, like, you know, the medium very much uh, informs the message that we put out. So I I bring up these platforms mainly because it seems to be the place everyone goes to to engage with. All manner of ideas um and news and media and whatnot but um something that i keep thinking about is like at least like i don't know i have like a little seed of something in me that every time i go from site to site you know newsletter to this place to promote that to promote that to do that to (laughs) do that that i'm just like yo this is unsustainable Mm -hmm. like this is kind of unsustainable like it's it's but it's But then I have to remind myself like, but it's all unsustainable. Like if you (laughs) think about it, like what what do I mean when I say this is unsustainable? What I'm saying when I say it's unsustainable, like if I can be honest with myself, it's that it's challenging. It's a lot of work to put yourself out there on TikTok and make an exclusive reel that doesn't have the tiktok watermark because they'll you know the algorithm is gonna you know Mm -hmm. and you know uh and uh, same thing with like you know threads and twitter and whatever else and all the watermarks and all these other things like you you experience the friction of like yo this is just like so finicky and weird like why like why does it need to be this way but then like you kind of think about it and it's like I mean, it doesn't need to be this way. You could just stop. (laughs) Like that's one way that it doesn't have to be this way. It's still going to be this way, but it doesn't have to affect you. Like you could just give up, you know, but that's not an option, right? Um, Like then you don't get to do what you do, right? And so far of how you've done it and you don't get to reach people immediately. And this is why you did what you did in the first place, right? You didn't want to go through the gatekeepers, so to speak. You know, like for me with poetry, I didn't want to like first of all you're dealing with poetry or if you're already if you're already a poet you already know that 85% of the time you're still interrogating what the hell a poem is
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you're like what the hell is a poem anyway you know if only prose writers thought about that as much as poets did you know there would be (laughs) (laughs) there would be a lot less prose in the world um and if maybe poets thought about it less there would be a lot more poems in the world um who knows right um but poetry is a very interesting thing and for me i meditate on that a lot and that's that that question of like well what is poetry you know and where is their poetry is poetry in the room right now? Um, you know, um, <laughs> where where is poetry around me? Um, and asking the day to sort of piece things together. It's like kind of like, you know, what I think what John Keats used to call like the negative capability, which is also like very Tao in a way. It's like, you're just sitting with the organizing principle. You're sitting with intention, right? And oftentimes what you record and what you channel When you sit in that intention and that's that's kind of the poetic process it doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. have to be a poem but it is still the poetic process um you are sitting and honoring in uh in in language and in your being um that which is right and sorry if it's getting like really out there and philosophical but like it's um it's something that i think about a lot is in that like you know, I, I am trying to sit with what is. Um, and so whenever I sit down to write and whenever I sit down to do what I do, um, I know that my reflection of what is, and my ability to capture that and share it with the people around me. Um, you know, you share what you share with a friend an observation that you make and you see how it, tweaks the way that they see the world or they do the same for you. They share an insight that they've had about the world and that tweaks the way that you see the world. And it begs the question like, well, all we really need is each other. We don't really need a middleman. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't need a, like, let's say like a, a literary magazine to put me on to my audience. If my audience is always all around me because the audience... Our people, just like me, and if I can find a language for the things that are very specific and precise in my experience, then I find universality in that precision. Then what happens to me happens for me, and therefore happens for others as well. That's where these platforms come in, right? Like, you know, you don't have to use these platforms to like reach your people, but if you want to reach your people and find your people, it first of all, it's going to take a lot of time, and it's going to take a lot of showing up and it's going to mm-hmm. take a lot of that like work. Right. Um, and you don't have to do it. That's also the thing, right? It's like, do you, like, you don't have to, but you know that you also can't stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah, definitely. It, I mean, that's one of the, something that people, I think, you know, creative people do a lot is want the outcome, but don't want to put in the effort, you know, it's like 100%. kind of want yeah. to complain about the effort. It's like, well, I want this and that and that, but I just want to kind of be rewarded for thinking that I have an idea as opposed to really getting in there and having the grind and consistency that it takes to bring something into the world. Exactly. Um, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, all the, I really resonate with all the things that you're saying and, you know, you articulated the, really the artistic process and the point of it really nicely, you know, and I've thought about that quite a lot over the years is that it's the root of it, that all creativity is a person observing something subjectively about reality. Like earlier, mm. whenever you said, what is, you know, just the true nature of reality mm-hmm. and then articulating it, you know, in a way that makes people see something they already know mm. in a new light. Mm -hmm. and by doing that what you're actually doing is expanding i used to call that there's there's a couple different phrases but like uh, i think tim leary way back in the day used to call it uh your bubble reality is like your subjective view of the world. And so I imagine like you're taking snapshots of your bubble reality and then sharing those pictures with other people. And then they look at it and then it expands their bubble and makes their exactly. way of seeing the world bigger. Yeah, And that's why, you know, art is so transformative is because it's mm-hmm. like, wow, I already was familiar with this and with life and this and that. But then I watched this film, I read this book, or I listened to this song and now i totally am thinking differently like it literally expands your universe and that's that's it you know and if you can do that and another thing you pointed on was being honest with yourself being true to yourself in that process because and that's the only way that it works and like this is you just drop some keys you know with for people who are creatives it's like there's the notion of like one to end thinking Mm. like in business of going to like, well, let's look at what everyone else is doing and what's working and let's copy all of that. And we'll try and kind of replicate that same hockey stick of success. Mm -hmm. But then there's zero to one thinking where it's like you go instead of going up at an angle you just go from zero to bam you go you think differently you do exactly what feels right to you and instead of trying to go up this kind of 45 degree incline you just go 90 degrees straight up you know because you're just focusing on all of your your originality you know and that's really if you can do that then it hits it resonates with people in this different way because it's like the thing about art, whether it be words or whatever it is, like some the observer doesn't have to be an expert. The observer doesn't have to know, you know, everything about film, the history of writing, the history of, they don't have to have read the polycanon to understand, you know, whatever it is. You just have to be able to communicate it in a clear way that is true to you exactly. and feel right about that. And then when you do it, there's something deeper in it that just is automatic, right? There's a resonance that people feel that connects to people. And uh that's that's really ultimately all you really need. Um and so it's wild that doing that on social media, you know, and what's interesting is I thought about is it, it's almost kind of like you know, what you and I do anyway, as far as writing things and putting them online, it's almost like being a stand-up comedian this way. And it's really good. And like, as far as our own stories that we tell ourselves about the value of our creativity or how deeply we've gotten in touch with our own truth, because whenever you share something and it doesn't connect, like you can just see, you see instant feedback. Mm -hmm. It's like, I Mm -hmm. thought that was a good idea. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But apparently this was just for me. You yeah. know what I mean? And then yeah. whenever you put something out that you also, you think, well, that's pretty good. That feels good. And then it hits and it a lot of people connect with it. You're like, okay, well, I suppose that idea apparently is much richer than I understood, you know? But it's like in the same way as a comedian, like people either laugh or they don't. You know what I mean? And no matter how good and how brilliant you think a joke is, if people don't laugh, then it's not funny. <laughs> it's like, in wisdom is the same way. It's like, no matter how brilliant you think whatever you, your thought is, n- if it doesn't hit and people don't respond to it, then it didn't connect. You know, and it doesn't mean that it didn't have value, it just means that it, you're not getting to that deeper universal place that you're
1: talking about. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I also think that it's like, there's a, a cultural element that's involved there, right? That it's like, you know, how many things that we find funny a decade ago that would not be funny today. Right. Um, and how many things do we, did we find, or do we find maybe not funny right now that maybe 10 years from now we will be laughing in hindsight, you know? Um, and so like that, I think, for me it's definitely something that i notice where it's like there definitely seems to be a culture uh in the reader base on these platforms like you know in the same way that it's like if you if you you know and i, I find that really fascinating as like a kind of like a person who finds like so you know sociology fascinating and like you know kind of cultural um cultural think you know and like uh i guess like what would you call it um where it's a collective that that like collective mindness yeah, yeah. Um, that seems to occur, where it's like, how do some ideas pick up in the in the ether? And how do some like ideas or quotes or thoughts or frames of mind or philosophies or something like that like take off in the culture where other ideas don't seem to? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that doesn't mean that the ideas that aren't taking off aren't valuable or valid, like you said, right? Like those things absolutely have value. You know, I think part of, you know, what being an artist is like knowing that you kind of can't trust what people like at the moment. You have to trust what you like and what you love. And you have to keep showing up to what you like and what you love like the biggest fan. That this muse has, right? Like you just you got to show up, and it will keep giving you that thing, because you kind of can't go by like you know. This is something at least that I also remind myself that it's like, yo, you're totally right. That it's like I've seen that lifetime that I'd like, you know. I've I've put out an idea that seemed to me very like intuitive, maybe quick. Maybe even like it kind of raw and incomplete in some way. Right. Like I, it makes me uneasy, right. To kind of put it out there. Cause I'm just like, I feel like I should let it incubate a little bit longer, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and not put it out into the world all like soft edged and stuff. Um, but then you put it out there and it really resonates with people and I'm still mystified by like how or why especially against like the cultural landscape of like this idea was not as positive as the ideas that seem to be taking off. This one was not as aspirational as the ones that seem to be taking off. What the hell is going on there? You know what I mean? Like, how did that happen? Um, And I find that really fascinating that it's like, you know, you can't, like, you can only flirt with what is evocative in you, right? Like, if something in you is being, is like evoking a response in you and, and you feel like, I don't know, this is just like stirring me up today and, and, I, and you want to put it out there and maybe it doesn't necessarily like, you know, perform by whatever metric, like, you know, you still put it out there. You'd be surprised by how many people don't either like, you know, like it literally um or don't engage with it a lot of times because it is that damn evocative i like i've had i've had people in the past tell me that like i'm so funny i was on my way back i was, took the bus um when um uh when i was sort of still in the in the uh beginnings of the relationship that, that i'm in now and you know i was uh i was uh coming out here to toronto and going back to new york sometimes i would take the bus and I remember taking the bus back one night um, from Toronto back to New York, and at the station, like at the the uh, customs station, there's like a little Tim Hortons there. You know, I think it's like at the border of like I don't know Toronto and like or Canada and like Buffalo or something like that. And uh, you know, mind you, it's like three in the morning. I'm doing this, and um, this girl comes up to me, and she's just like are you, are you Chris? Are you, are you, it's Chris on, on Instagram. And I'm like, Yeah. I'm like, dude, it's like three in the morning. I'm like, I'm out of, you know, out of my wit here. Like I have no idea what's happening. I'm like, am I imagining this? Did I die on the bus? Like what happened? Like, What is this conversation that's happening right now? I'm like, oh God, my demons have come to, have come to roost. Um, I'm like, what is this? Um, I'm like, tonight's the night. Uh, But yeah. um, So she's like, yeah, I used to, I like, I love your stuff. I used to follow your stuff, but you wrote something that like really made me like like think about like my life um in a way that i wasn't ready to think about it yet and i had to unfollow you and i'm like oh i'm so i'm like i'm so sorry to hear that but also great (laughs) like (laughs) that's that's kind of sick and also pretty messed up but kind of sick because like she she couldn't she didn't really tell me what the what the quote was or anything like that i um but at the end she ended up saying that she was really grateful afterward that like and ended up kind of doing that to her because um she's she had kind of like a really pivotal moment of like you know really having to reassess what she was doing um and it was all really vague but i kind of understood that it's like yeah sometimes people just aren't ready for what you're putting out like straight up like yeah they, they, they engage with it and they're just not ready for it that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with them that's also, that also doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your work you know what i mean that just means they're not ready and maybe the right heartbreak is right around the corner and they're going to return to your work and they're going to get it or maybe the right life shifting event or paradigm shifting event is going to happen and your words are going to be exactly what they need mm-hmm. right in that moment of paradigm shift and you know you can't you can't really control what people respond to you can only control what you put out um and um i think it really matters that that you know you you keep you keep faith in the vision if you feel that like if you feel like your reader base is still coming to um that if you feel like they're still coming home you know if they're still coming to you like you know maybe you gain like you know uh i don't know like a thousand followers or something like that on instagram or on whatever platform but only like you know you know five of them seem to really be engaging and those are your true five take care of that true five you know what i mean like that's that's something i find that it's like you know the people who are there for the real stuff are going to stay the people who are there for you know the trendy the shout out the whatever you know the put on you know they're going to weed themselves out and you kind of just have to remember to focus on the substance right like you you gained you know, five meaningful relationships from this moment, right? If you reach even one person and you have a real meaningful relationship with that one person, you have like a for life engagement with that person in some way on a psychic level. Like you wrote something that is now in their unconscious, like that's an Mm -hmm. incredible honor to, to even have access to that person's intimate space. Um, and, you know, they don't, they don't need to necessarily like it either. They just have to have that evocative response to it, that visceral response to it. Right. And, um, they can't, they also can't choose when it, you know, when, if it sits with them, like that's the thing about good art, right. Or about art in general is that it, you know, it impresses upon you whether you want it to or, or don't, you know, it's like, it's going to reach you, you know, and um, you can't control if it reaches you either. And so, um, yeah, I think that's a, you know, very important little, um, kind of uh, key that I try to try to move with uh, on the daily, and uh, it's it's kind of like you know also what keeps me, you know, keeps me honest and keeps me raw in my process. That it's like I, I have a sense of what it is that you know audiences engage with and like, and you know I think we all do, and um, you know we also understand that it's like you know the like the the masses have right now a sort of um there's definitely a a slipstream that you can you know get swept in um if you if you know how to ride that current and it's it's great if you want to ride that current but i think it's also pretty cool if you could ride that current and change the direction just a little bit yeah no no
0: doubt no doubt Yeah. yeah and you touched on something i really wish that people would think about more and that's just the the significance of being able to connect with someone you know and because everyone generally thinks about scale you know they want like oh i want to sell a million books you know i want a million downloads an episode of my podcast whatever it is and that's sure that's great that's something if you know if that's your aspiration then wonderful Mm -hmm. but never forgetting the one-to-one
1: You know, just Mm -hmm. like,
0: as you said, if you share one idea and it helps someone or it expands their thinking about themselves or the world, that's crazy. You know, it's crazy. crazy. And I try and remember that. And then, you know, that's sort of why I, you know, I try and at least like, you know, hundreds of people DM me a, a day on instagram alone of like sending me they're sharing like stuff that i've written and stuff and i really try and take like a minute to go through there and just at least like like their little things because i just want to say like hey i see you and like i don't have time to like write words to everyone but it's worth me taking like 10 minutes to go a day to go through and just click on all those and just kind of give them a psychic little what's up it's like yeah like that hit you I understand, like, I appreciate, I don't take it lightly, you know, and yeah. what's beautiful is that you don't have to be a creative person doing stuff in public to have that perspective. It's exactly. like, I, cause I have that perspective. I, I bring that to my daily life, you Same. know, where yeah. it's, yeah. if you're talking to someone when you're ordering an espresso or something and you can engage in that moment in so many different ways. Exactly. You know, you can engage with it with the perspective of like, of like, here's this person that's serving me. Yeah, Here's this person that I'm irritated that they won't hurry up and let me get on to my own self-focused story fast enough. Or you can say, hey, here is another human being with this like infinitely expansive and open and possible brain and mind and consciousness. Let's like connect in the moment. And it doesn't have to be a conversation it can exactly. it's a feeling of like openness feeling. and presence that you just give and, and connect with in that moment and that can be transformative for someone you know what i yeah. mean and like a person who is in a space right now listening to this where they feel they're tired or they're just kind of in the patterns of their life and things have been sort of just even keel for them, they might hear that and go like, oh, okay, whatever, Corey, you know, this is, you don't know, don't walk around being a sunbeam all the time. It doesn't mm. really do people. But whenever you're actually having a rough time and someone like a stranger even just says, you know, how are you doing? Or they just give you that little bit of energy, that little bit of presence, it can really pull you up, you know, it can really do something special. And, and I feel like if we can be conscious enough to just be present in that way for everyone in our lives, then we're having that effect. You know, we're having that effect that you would have online where you, you share someone, a message with someone, then it hits them and it changes. You just bring that into your day. And like, um, of course what you give out is kind of what you get back. And yeah. this is a kind of a complicated thing thought perhaps for some people, I don't know, but like, I think about it in interesting ways that if you go through life and you try and treat other people like that, with that level of conscious integrity Mm. and presence and respect and kindness and patience and and curiosity, then what happens is that everyone in your life system starts to recognize you and your character as that. Exactly. And so whenever they see you again, they they don't wait to switch into that mode of being because like oh, here's this person that's always like warm and so calm and like kind and present like I'm looking forward to talking to them again. yeah And so what happens to you as the camera walking through your own life is that now your worldview like the world in which you experience becomes more warm and present itself. Mm-hmm because that's what you're passing through and the kind of the resonance you're creating. It's an interesting byproduct of just being kind and present uh, as a, you know, as a point of focus.
1: Yeah, and it's really like, you know, it it kind of goes back to I think I I asked on Threads the other day about like, you know, our favorite words that we live by and um I I think I mentioned that mine and it was my bio for a really long time on Instagram. It was like, uh, attention is the rarest and purest form of, uh, generosity. And, um, and that's, that's something for me that it's like, you know, that's a very layered idea. But for me, it's actually quite simple where it's like, if you pay, if you are paying attention and like really paying attention, if you are attentive and you are in tune in any given moment, then you are inherently present and inherently generous because you're not mm-hmm. expecting anything. You're just there. And, um, I know that sounds kind of challenging to do when you are in a moment that seems transactional, right? Like you're on a, you're on the line at the coffee shop and you're trying to get your drink and the person, the barista is taking really long because they've got like a line of other people, but ahead of you and whatever, and that you can tell that they're struggling, but it's like, you know, If you pay attention to that moment and you like kind of zoom out for a second of that narrative and like you said you know kind of like uh you know we're we're all living in the myth of our own making in that in that instant um we tell ourselves like oh you know my time is running out or i'm gonna be late or this and that yeah all of those things are facts very true possibly but if you also kind of really think about it like you're in the presence of And I know it sounds like really out there and like, you know, like who cares, I guess, to people who aren't really uh, considerate of these things, but I'm incredibly considerate of the fact that every space that I walk into, I'm around living people, living, breathing people who have things going on that I may not understand, things going on that I may never know, things going on that I, again, have no clue about and, um, they might seem like npcs not the non-playable <laughs> characters yeah yeah and because they are cuz you can't play them <laughs> like <laughs> you're, you're you're your own playable character man what do you expect you know um it's like i don't i don't get that term because it's like yeah of course they're npcs like you're you're their npc what do you mean like you know what what, what game are you playing that you can change characters uh and and play your neighbor you can't Um, but like, yeah, like I know it seems that way and that, you know, like you have these demands on your reality to unfold a certain way and these people are just obstacles, but that's, that's not, that's not it, bro. (laughs) Like, that's that's really not it. And I think like when you, like, I would even go so far as to say, is that like your demands on your surroundings to be that way are very much an extension of a demand of yourself to be that way and to just be operative, you know, to be up, you know, to, to, to just be on in a way that is like almost like utilitarian to your end result. But it's like, that's not really, that's not really living. You know what I mean? Like it is living, but it's not really living. It's like, if you can ease into the moment, if you can really ease into the situation and pay attention, like I'm not the only one that's agitated here. The person making my drink is also agitated. Can I create safety for this person so that they don't feel like they're failing me right now? Or can Mm -hmm. I create safety for this person so that they don't feel like they're failing at this moment, right? So that at the very least, they're good with me. I don't know about my neighbors, I don't know about anybody else, but at the very least, we're good. It's, it's, it's. I get it. You know what I mean. And um, that's something that I try to move with. Is that like, like I, I, everywhere I, I mean, in any situation that I'm in, if I'm taking the train, if I'm out in the world or whatever, I'm always looking at faces and I'm always looking at people and I'm always very attentive to like my surroundings and you know, trying to, trying to see, you know, um, and mind you, all of these things are also like really kind of instant. Like it's not, it's intentional, but it's still kind of instant because like you said, like it, it becomes warmer, the more you like your reality warm, like warms up the more you move with that warmth. And so like the more you do it, the almost quicker it becomes at at some point you've just, you know, changed your, your whole timbre of reality. And that's just kind of the way it is. So it's like, now I'm just kind of, I just move like that, but it, it wasn't always like this, you know what I mean? But, um, but I think that now that I am in this state, I do find that it is a lot more beneficial to move through the world with generosity that way. And, um, you know, to help, you know, to to help others in moments that they would feel maybe otherwise invisible, helping them feel seen. Right. Um, and uh, and it's not, you know, just like, again, not even like out of like some kind of, I don't know, uh, virtuous, like grand gesture it's like no it's just a very simple thing it's like i know how i would like to feel if i was in a state of being vulnerable right and i've been in those vulnerable moments and i've been on the receiving end of a person who was kind and and careful or it's as simple as like you know like you see somebody regularly and you stop pretending that you don't know each other you finally start saying hi you know what i'm saying it's so simple but it's like now you're in the same like frequency of aliveness now you're alive together now you can't pretend that you're just strangers now you maybe this one little head nod turns into a how have you been bro it's i haven't seen you here in a while or what you know what have you had going on and you you kind of enter a conversation space with this person who is from a completely different walk of life than you and um you realize that you know you're you're not you're not that far off on your walks right you know we You know, as Ram Ram Das says, right, we're all walking each other home, you know, it's kind of like that. I think when you do realize like like everyone literally has their own walk of life and it's like the only thing that separates you from the other person is literally just a gesture. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that gesture is kindness. Sometimes that gesture is just patience. Sometimes that gesture is openness, just genuine openness for that other person to exist and to take up space and to be there. Right. Like it's, it's a very simple way. Um, and to also like let things be and let things happen. Right. Like, you know, not, not imposing upon the moment what you expect from it. Like, um, whether that's positive or, you know, not positive. Um, I think it's, a uh, it's very, very helpful to just finding some elements of, uh, of peace and, uh, relative, relative harmony. Um, And, um, yeah, you find yourself in tune with so much as well in that moment. You know what I mean? No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I mean,
0: I I think one of the great things you were just talking about is that like, it's not about transactional, uh, kindness or something like that. Yeah. It's not going and doing it just because you're like, oh, I will be a, a, you know, a deity-like figure sharing yeah. my divine light with her. That's bullshit. Yeah. What you're talking yeah. about yeah. is something so much deeper and why it works is because it's simply an understanding. Yeah. It's an understanding of like we are two conscious, like weird waves of consciousness in these meat suits moving through space and time in the middle of (laughs) infinity. Like, you know, let's, let's not miss the point here. Let's not lose the plot on this and just being like, Hey, I am terrified and depressed and happy and excited and bored and all of those things too. Um, I know you feel it because you're also a human. And so if we can actually just exist, and our humanness for a second and stop trying to play the stupid hierarchy games and the being controlled by the narratives and the stories in our own minds, uh, then it'll make this transient moment of our lives actually feel grounded for a split second. Instead exactly. of like the rug is, we're just on this rug that's a thousand miles long. It's been pulled out. Yeah, from yeah, for yeah, years. yeah, yeah. It's like let's pause that for a minute, you yeah. know, and just feel it. And it only comes through the understanding of that. You know, yeah. you can only get there with that understanding, not with the thing of like I'm gonna go be smiley and we because then it then it's weird and it it's not it doesn't connect in the same way. And no. you know, that's like one of my favorite things to do, like out in public is, um, you know, you were talking about just a simple gesture can erase that barrier and that tension in the, in the distance, you know, I, I also, it's because I know I'm a giant bald guy <laughs> with a beard. And so, and I wear all black all the time, you know, so I don't want to seem, you know, uh, yeah. unfriendly per se, but yeah. I just, it's just a simple present kind of give someone a quick smile or just even the eyes, you know, you just, Mm. when you have that, you catch that glance with someone, just give them the eyes of Mm -hmm. just, you know, warmth and just what's up. And, and as you said, Mm -hmm. like, let them know you see them, everything's all good. And here we are. I mean, that, I just see people like melt. You know, whenever yeah. I do that, because it's like they're they're because everyone's walking around like they're holding their breath
1: all day, exactly. and whether they get one
0: connection, they're like,
1: "Oh, thank God!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, ex- yes, <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And I think I want to speak to something that you said earlier, which is that like, you know, you mentioned that like, and I, I'm this is my uh, sort of how I remember you how you said it. It was something along the lines of like, you don't really have to be an expert um to to share your point of view or to share um your your perspective on something like for example like you don't have to be like a total you know like expert of like all the film stuff you know to have something meaningful to say about a film that you watched and something resonant there but i think the same sort of applies to like just being like overall like a chill person (laughs) like like kind of like a chill person but no but actually like a generous you know kind and, uh, and like a, a safe space for people, right? Like you don't have to be some like, you know, mindfulness guru or like some like, you know, uh, health and wellness expert to be able to just tap into something very core and something very 100%. like real, like just all around you are living people just like you. And if you can literally remember the meaning of that, like I think if you sit just like, if you allow yourself the existential... <laughs> The existential gravity of that idea that like there are no NPCs that like literally every person out in the world is connected to another loving force and that they are loved and they are misunderstood and they are probably also, you know, hated and despised and who knows and what the situation is. And they are also you know, um, going through it. Um, and they are also cared for. And if you can sort of just like remember that and not in like some, like, you know, floofy way or like some like way up there because it literally isn't. And it's like you said, it's just a very simple, like it's, it's also me, right. It's also your mom. It's also your brother. It's also your sister. Like they're, you know, they're out in the world too. And you know, it's, it's a very simple thing to just, finally find someone on the road and be like <sighs> I can actually you know be real for a second you know Definitely. I don't I don't gotta I don't gotta perform right now and I think that that's probably top tier one of my favorite feelings is like seeing and being in a situation that seems to be demanding of our outward facade-ness and ego and performance and finding little pockets in these spaces to drop it completely and to just Mm -hmm. get real especially when it's like you know like i i you know i go to a lot of like art events and i do a lot of you know things in the in the arts communities and things like that and you see a lot of people who are you know very raw and very real but you can definitely tell that they you know have like an outward I guess, like, you know, performative element, um, uh, which is perfectly fine. I think there's a lot of, um, a lot to understand and a lot to, you know, to, to perceive and empathize with a person who, you know, expresses themselves, however it is that they choose to express themselves. Um, you know, I, th- I, I, extend a lot of grace, uh, in that way because like, yo, like, you know, how one person relates to themselves doesn't have to be the way you relate to yourself. Right. Like, definitely, you know, um, I think of, you know, you know, people who move through the world like it's theater. And I think that's great for them. You know what I mean? And I think they can also have really real conversations, too, even if they seem like they're all performance or like to somebody else is like, you know, oh, yeah, on the outside they seem super fake. But it's like, nah bro, it's if you if you look close enough, (laughs) if you look close enough and if you pay very close attention, all the space for conversation and to get real is right there it's 100%. right there you know yeah. and um leaving that narrative behind you know and leaving that judgment behind as well is also really helpful um it's just like yo like you know people have so many defense mechanisms and so many ways to move through the world that they you know that they feel that they need can you you know create a little bit of safety and space for them to see that yeah that's welcome of course that's valuable that's meaningful that's very much a part of who you are but can we can we be real in the moment in a way that allows that to sort of membrane between us become more porous and to be more fluid right Mm -hmm. yeah and the thing that people
0: don't want to hear is that like if they can't see that it's actually on them you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's like yeah, it's it's on, yeah. it, it, there's a level of openness, yeah, you know, and a lack of assumption, like suspending yeah. your own assumption. That's one of the not not to be a self-quoter here, but one of no, the please. things that I've, I love
1: self-quoting, <laughs> bro. This is this is the place to do it, man. Like, <laughs> um, let's
0: get it. One of the things that speaking of you know ideas that don't necessarily blast off, and you know uh, maybe it's just not that idea's time yet, but one of the things that uh, i've written that i is really meaningful to me is like imagine if you could go a day actually talking to someone instead of talking to your idea of someone
1: oof
0: <laughs> thank you thank you
1: a hunt uh-huh. yes yes that's you know, it though that's exactly like i feel like yeah that that's exa- that's exactly it yeah man yeah
0: yeah and it's and it's tough like in the reality of it is that it's it is a constant thing you have to remember you know it's because we're not designed you know the the bottom of our brain stem is not set up to go through life thinking that way and so it's another type of practice of just remembering like whenever like i kind of just i roll my eyes at myself constantly like my it (laughs) like my inner eyes roll (laughs) in my own because i'll be in a situation where you know, like you were talking about, if someone's being really theatrical or or something like that, like I am so not that. I'm like, one mm. of my friends, a, g- a close friend of mine is like, dude, you're like a, you're like carved out of marble. You know, you're like, <laughs> you're not even, you're not even the same universe as someone who is, is like that. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, whenever I see that, you know, sometimes at first I'll be a little, I'll feel myself get a little resistant, you know, because yeah. I'm just kind of like, hmm, yeah. that's not my, that energy is not it. And then I just notice that feeling rising and they just kind of roll my eyes at myself. And I'm like, all right, the re- only reason you're feeling resistant to that is because it's not how you roll through the world. Exactly. So let exactly. that go, shift the mindset, and then go forward into the openness and presence of that and then discover how like this whole world that this person has that they can share with you that you have no access to exactly you know, that you'll learn, you'll learn from and um yeah, but it is, it's just a process, you know, and then of course, yeah. if you're feeling irritable or if you're tired or whatever, and you're in the grocery store or something, and like, there's those people that just stop with their carts in the middle of the aisle and like walk, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is, that the thing that whatever frustrates you, yeah. um, clearly mine is pe- people who are uh, exhibit a public lack of self-awareness. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, yeah, w- whatever yeah. the thing is, it's like just remembering like, oh, right, 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 right. Like just drop back into the thing, let go of that, that story and the tension and just be present with this person being a person, you know?
1: Yeah. I think you said it, you said it right there with the tension is that like tension is a literal, literally a two way street. If you string a guitar, if you, you know, open up the, 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 the head of the piano or whatever it is the lid the mm-hmm. the top part it and you see that what allows the music to happen is the tension between one point and another point
0: point. Yes. and
1: you know you you strike that chord and then that chord makes a makes a sound right and um i think a lot of times we feel tension with our surroundings we feel tension with other people and we can't really explain why like i dude there was one time i did a 10-day meditation the vipassana and, um, you know, I, I found myself experience and this doesn't even make any sense. Cause it's a silent retreat. Like you're literally <laughs> just seeing the backs of people mostly, but I would get like I would get like, so it was so hilarious, honestly, because I would get annoyed with the meditating styles of some people, you know what I mean? Like I would, I would feel some type of way about like, man, that guy's posture. He thinks he's so great at (laughs) meditating, doesn't he? You know, like, and I'm over here, like struggling to keep like my lower back straight and whatever else. And I'm like still finding my, my seating arrangement, um, and my sitting style.
0: You literally just said it right there. You just connected the two like psychological points. It's like you're struggling to to get comfortable in your style and you're looking at someone with good style and you're like, I hate exactly. that person. <laughs> exactly,
1: but that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Like we feel vulnerable about something and then we see something in the world that is sort of striking that chord of vulnerability and oftentimes there's an opposite endness to it right where it's like i feel vulnerable about this and then this person at this place is doing exactly the let's say the uh the ideal thing right that i am currently not embodying right like um, or the thing that I'm sensitive about, somebody else's, you know, they seem to be embodying their uh, their experience with confidence, right? Or with something that I might be lacking, or something like that, right? It's it, Definitely. but that tension is a two way street, and the music is there, right? Like if you can listen to it, and just like again, listen to it like a like a song that you're trying to understand why somebody likes it, you know? But um, but just like humbly, like really just listen to that beat or listen to that tune, listen to that frequency. What, what, what exists between you and that thing. It's actually very interesting. By the end of that meditation, every single person that I had tension with were literally the first people who ended up speaking to me. It was very strange. I had like five people that I had that weird tension with, but not always like a negative tension, by the way, sometimes it was a positive tension too. um, Meaning that like, I would admire, um, you know, something about their silence Um, and, uh, it was those people who I ended up resonating with at the end and we ended up like connecting. Um, and so that was very interesting how that occurs. And, um, I think when you are in a space where there seems to be, uh, no stimuli, right? You realize that there's never no stimuli, right? And so when you are moving through a world where there's a lot of stimuli, you can extend a lot of grace to yourself because you understand that there are so many forces at play in any given moment that can contribute to a lot of like inner turbulence or inner friction and a lot of projection and all of that stuff. But it's like if you can just remember that it's like, okay, this is also like there's a lot of moving parts here, you know, that I'm not... As reliable of my experience as I may think that I am, I can no doubt. only really surrender to this to this moment, right? And like and like be here and try my best to kind of suspend judgment of of those little things. And um, yeah, that's a uh, sort of something that um, I try to also like you know remember, um, you know, in any given situation. It's just like. How many things do I, or how many, how many, like what you said, right? Like how many ways do we engage with our ideas of people and not the people, Mm -hmm. right? How many ways do we engage with a situation based on our idea of that situation and not the situation itself? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally feel that those, those feelings, like your tension is such a good teacher,
1: you know? Definitely. Definitely. Whatever
0: in those moments, it's like, oh yeah, like let's, it's like, there's a great thing I always think about anytime, fortunately it's not often, but whenever I see any like negative comments on stuff online, hmm. I always just think like, well, thanks for sharing where you're stuck. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, anything, no, actually, anytime, so, yeah. like on some yeah. live streams I've done on like platforms that have like 5 million followers or whatever. So you just get yeah. like a crazy, you know, cross section of people. Um, Definitely. they're like, oh, you know, this dude is so bald, you know, or whatever, something like that. And I just always <laughs> want to be like, I'm sorry that you're nervous about losing your hair, man, but it's going to Honestly, be okay. Yeah, like let's, yeah. Let's, <laughs>
1: let's, let's be real, man. Let's be real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think about that a lot with like, um, like one's ca- like people's fears say a lot about their capacity to love themselves, mm-hmm. you know, um, especially when they like, you know, like I, I, I think about that a lot. It's like, you know would I love myself if X was missing would I love myself if y was happening to me would I love yeah. myself if this situation befell my fate <laughs> and mm-hmm. now i've gotta i've gotta I've gotta live this way and like you know and sometimes the like the answer is man it's gonna be hard, but the answer is almost always yes right and I think that like keeping that in mind for like just be using that for ourselves and beginning that with ourselves like you know you when you see someone who is experiencing something that they're really um that we could say stuck with um you can sort of say like yeah i can i can actually understand why that person is going through it you know what i mean because i don't, don't know what that. i would do if i was going through it you know what i mean like um But yeah, it's harder, obviously, at scale with like 5 million people, (laughs) you know, or whatever. It's like, or even just like, I don't know, someone on the internet that's just like being a troll for troll's sake or whatever else. It's like, you know, you, you, I trust me, man. I've, I've tried to have meaningful conversations with people who tried to troll me and they just trolled me on the meaning. And I'm like, bro, it's like that. (laughs) I'm like, okay. (laughs) All right, bro. I see how it is. I see, I see what we're doing, but um, and that's and you know that's just that's just the nature that's just the nature of the uh, of the black box that seems to be there between us and whatever we engage with on the internet you know like it's totally. like again like you know if, if it's hard for a person to believe the humanity of another human being on the street imagine how hard it is for them to imagine the humanity of somebody on the other side of the screen right mm-hmm. it's like it finally it kind of makes sense why so many people have like you know, not looking at any section of the internet, but why there's so many conspiracy <laughs> theories <laughs> about other human beings, um, because it's hard for them to believe that. You know what I mean? Right. It's like hard for people to believe that it's just not, nah, bro. It's just humans running the show, homie. That's the yeah. scary part. You know yeah, you want lizards? Yeah, that's. bro. Yeah. You're scared of lizard people? Bro, can you imagine yeah. people being oh my god. That is terrifying. <laughs> you mean we're all human in this and we're still yep. doing this to each other? Whoof. That's that's now that's a world.
0: Yeah, and it's like and people are conspiring. That's the thing,
1: but it's just in a different way that you're, you're it's, it's, not, it's take all yeah. the fantasy out of it. And, then, and then, Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the other you think came from out there wrong the others within bro like exactly it's exactly. it's closer than you think it's closer than you think um that's yeah
0: <laughs> man so we're we've gotten so we've got i mean this is beautiful speaking with you and, and getting into all this uh it's been really uh wonderful feeling and uh but i i want to make sure to not get through our conversation without hitting you with the premise of this podcast, (laughs) the one, the one thing that we need to talk about, um, and I, I'd I'd love to know about. Um, so, you know, whenever you, and there are no rules here, any point in your experience, your journey that makes sense or that rises for you, um, is great. And I'd love to hear about it, but what was an insight that you had? What was something that hit you that took you from a person that wanted to be writing, that wanted to be expressing yourself in the way that you do To someone that was actually out there doing it
1: Mm, that's that's a really good question um i think the realization that i have something to say and Mm. that realization like it's kind of it's it sounds very um i mean it it is subversive It is subversive. It's subversive because something in you is subversive to the current state of reality and what is. And you collaborate with reality. um, You know, as a as a writer and as a thinker, as a speaker, as a as a creative person, you are always collaborating with reality to make reality more um, in the image of what you envision for it. That doesn't mean that you have like you know. All the right ideas about what things should be it's not about that it's about you have a feeling that this world could um be just a little different just a little safer just a little more loving just a little more considerate and um when that feeling arises in you it's it's a feeling that you have to listen to um and especially if you've had it for a very long time, and I think the the best context for that is that like I was born and raised in New York City in an area of the Bronx that was, you know, very alive and lively and fun, but it was also in a lot of pain. You know, when you grow up in the hood like that, like where I grew up in my area of the Bronx, and mind you, my area was soft compared to the areas that I was neighboring. Um, you have to be very considerate of, and I mean, this was. Mind you, also, I was very young when I grew up there and I had all of these considerations of like, you know, I did not have an easy childhood. You know, I grew up in a bit of an, of an abusive household. Um, and around me were other kids who also grew up in their own abusive households. Mm-hmm. And I only when I got a little bit older um, did I realized that all of us in that area had very similar life circumstances um that got us in that area and that you know a lot of a lot of us were not so fortunate to leave that area but when you grow up surrounded by that and you see i I see this is my reality but i don't think this is what it could be i don't think that this is how we ought to live i don't think that i don't think that this is i think in a world where things can be anything this area can be safer and i grew up with that you know at the at the at the kind of like at the bedrock of my unconscious is like knowing that like you know i'm not the place that raised me but i very much remember what raised me and i very much remember what i what i grew through and what i came from and um in my area you know where i where i grew up knowing that I was surrounded by so much unspoken pain and so much much pain that like, you know, maybe not many people had a lot of language for that, maybe the closest they would get to that language was in the music that they listened to perhaps or in the art that they engaged with, you know, having conversations with my friends where I grew up and then having conversations with the kids that I went to high school with, which was also a pretty rough high school. And then moving from that into the world and recognizing that a lot of the conversations we were having were real conversations. I mean, conversations that I feel like I, I wish um, I wished at the time that I saw more conversations like that represented in the world in media Mm -hmm. and in the things that i watched because they were real candid conversations just about the hard stuff of life like you know your mom trying to make ends meet for you and you knowing and having to basically be like a kind of like a second or third you know second or third parent to your siblings because they both work like conversations like that and i just never really saw it anywhere and I was and, you know, sometimes you would find yourself in conversation with people where, you know, you would say something and it would really resonate or they would say something and it would really resonate. And it's kind of goes back a little bit to what we started with, that it's like, you know, that that resonance that would occur um, occurred often where I, I would have a lot of conversations with people and I would see that resonance, you know, occur, especially mostly in part like whenever i would say something you know w- within our conversations like it would r- it really seemed to strike a chord in the people that i spoke to um or spoke with and um every time that i would notice it i'd be like i don't know i think i have something to say <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like uh-huh. Uh-huh. it seems like i have something to say it seems like the things that i say are speaking to someone speaking to people on a on a on a deeper level than what we're just saying with our words. And, um, when you start to notice that sort of thing, you know, occur, um, it really, it, you, you start, it's almost like that positive feedback that you get of like, it's almost like if you sing on a stage and people tune in and listen to what you're saying and to what you're singing and like people put down their phones and they're listening, or if you perform and people put down their phones and pay attention, it's the same thing that happens when you're in a conversation and, and a person pays attention when you speak right? Or a person really seems to find like a lot of clicking points in the way that you speak. It made me realize like there's power in my voice. And I think there's no shame in me saying that, right? There's incredible power in saying that. And, you know, that's the same for anybody else who has a power that they, you know, feel shy about sharing with the world. It's like, no, if you feel that you have that power, you have a responsibility to share it. It's not like, it's not like I'm saying that, like, you know, you've got a, you know, just be bold and whatever. No, no, no. You have a responsibility. <laughs> like, right, right. think about what that means. A responsibility. That means you were born with a thing, and by way of a way that you lived, more things have fed that urge and that fire or that power in you. And you know that it's in there. And and to not share it is an injustice. Not definitely, only to definitely. to the thing that you have within you, but also to the world itself. Because if it's in you, that means the world needs it, That's right? right? And um, just on a collective unconscious level, like there's a there's a in some way a need for that within you. And you know, I've I've always sort of felt that way, and that's really what pushed me to 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 take to the page and to get writing. I mean, like I said, I was always already writing. I was already like you know always. You know, ask any of my friends. I always had some story I was working on or something that I was working on, you know, Um, and then eventually it sort of just clicked for me that I was like, you know, uh, you know, you see on social media, all these, you know, all the writers, especially me when I first started like sharing it on 20 in 2015 you know, I saw a lot of writers who were sharing their work and their work was really evocative of things that I had to say, you know? Um, and I felt like sometimes like even what they were saying was like a great prompting point because I felt like it was a great start to something, but it didn't go all the way. Right. And so I would see like, you know, a lot of ideas that would be like great prompts for things in me that, uh, were sort of constellating and coming to light. And, um, that's really when, you know, when my voice really took off and when sharing on Instagram and sharing on the internet and putting my stuff out there, like really became a part of my, uh, became a part of my practice and became a part of my, my writing process. It was, uh, like you said, kind of like stand um, you know, posting something on Instagram felt a lot and actually felt really similar to when I was doing spoken word. It felt like I was on a stage. Right. And, and I had, just a limited amount of characters to sort of make my piece um and to do my little dance (laughs) right Um, (laughs) and uh and um you know it's been a long journey but um you know one one of the greatest things that it has done is that it's allowed me to connect with minds like yours man i mean you know um it i can't express to you enough if there's anything that i've gained from this uh writing community it's uh access um to people who i genuinely and deeply admire like i love your work like oh thank you and man. i and i i say that like with all my heart like there are things that you write that i'm just like yes like there's no other way to put it you know what i mean like <laughs> and that's my Perfect. favorite kind of writing is being able to read something that feels like it does not need to be said again that's yeah, it Yeah, beautiful it's it's, it's complete and, um, I feel that a lot whenever I read your work and, um, it definitely is a great driver for me as well as a writer to tap into that same sort of, um, I guess, like, you know, to flirt with the objective that way and to mm-hmm. really get precise and particular about experience and about compassion and about relationships and about friendships and about these values that I think permeate all of our interests. Um, I learn a lot from uh engaging with people who are also doing it really well and you know you're 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 up there man like and you've especially in like the last year i feel like you've just you've really come into your own and really landed in a in a in a in a space uh with your voice that i feel like you know what you have to say and uh and you've really landed on a language for it
0: Oh, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate that. I'm really, really grateful for that too. Yeah. I mean, I think that this, this kind of, we were joking about, you know, people who maybe you haven't read the poly canon, but you still can understand some ideas. You know, one of the main things that I focus on is in kind of one of the unspoken goals of all the work I do is the destruction of delusion. Yeah. You know, getting yeah. closer to the true nature of reality. Yeah. And to me, uh, doing this podcast for almost a decade now, it really taught me how important it is to be precise with what you're saying. Yeah. Because so many people that are listening or reading will all take what you're saying or what you're communicating in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so then those can contribute to more delusion. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If you're not careful, if you're not, mm-hmm. if you're not precise. And so with writing, I like to really, I don't know if you've caught on to this. I'm a pretty logical guy, uh, a lot of logical thinker, but like, I really try and take these ideas and like break them down to, um, I don't want to say a system of logic, but I think through it in a philosophical way, in a thoughtful way where I'm just like, this is the most clear and reduced and precise that this, what I'm trying to convey can be expressed in. And yeah. it, I, they need to feel like bulletproof to me. Like it yeah. has to, and, and there's a point where, wherever I'm working with the idea, like it just gets to that point where I'm like, okay, it's apparent to me that now there's no, there are no soft spots. There are no mm-hmm. cracks in this idea. It is like mm-hmm. been carved. It, it, it is done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, and, and anyway, so I appreciate you noticing that because it's something very important to me because I want it to be like a laser beam that is not really not something that someone could take in a way that would take them further away from their own truth.
1: Exactly. And I think you said it really well earlier too that it's like when the types of things that we share are things that people already know, right? It's like these are things that deep down I think especially for, you know, for your reader base and, you know, for my reader base and, you know, the people who find themselves in our work. I think that a lot of times like what really when a when a piece really resonates with a person, what really resonates with them is the fact that they already knew it but they didn't have the language for it. Yes. Right? um or you know they they had some way of dancing around it like a bird in the sky circles before it lands but you provided the landing spot and they were able to finally arrive um to their own understanding of what they already had a sense of right and um i think that yeah it's it's incredibly valuable to get really like as you said kind of like logical but also to write something um, and to work on writing and to, and to write ideas that are true any way you spin them, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of like for me, I, I try to imagine like I have this, uh, I don't know, this visual of like, you know, uh, like I, I like to play with words in a way that you can understand my idea in different contexts and it will almost always fit. Um, it's like this kind of quality where it's like, you know, uh, like the like the use of a certain word like uh like i think i had one poem like not to self-quote here uh um, this this is what we're doing yeah yeah, this is what we're doing (laughs) uh but it's something along the lines of like you know um like you can't how did it go like you can't expect someone to complete you when they're still puzzled with the pieces in themselves Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, something like that. And, um, in that you see a lot of different invocations, right? You've got puzzle pieces. You've got puzzled as the verb, right? Like I'm puzzled, Right. right? right? You've got, and I, I think a lot in those terms, like I look at words and I engage with them and I, and I try to see all of the different branches that they create. Um, and you know, a lot of times, like, again, it's, it's not methodical in that, like, I just sit there reading dictionaries, looking for words. It's like, no, that the essence is already there of what I want to say. I already have kind of like an idea of what it is that I'm trying to articulate. The hard part becomes, or the challenging part and the fun part becomes finding the right words to capture that essence, right. Or capture that meaning. Um, and then, you know, the, I guess another stage of that is also figuring out, yes, but now how do I make this Kind of numinous, right? How do mm-hmm. I make this as numinous as I felt it, right? And how can I bring it to the point where, like you said, it is it is bulletproof. Or if it's raw, then it's raw all the way. Or if it's you know um, if it's going to be like you know bulletproof, it's going to be bulletproof all the way as well. Um, and I think that's one of the bigger challenges with like sharing your things on on social media is that when you waver between the two, you know a lot of times you kind of have to decide, you know, out out the gate, or at least through consistency, like what angle you're kind of going to play as, uh, as as your audience decides to sort of brand you as a reliable figure for them for whatever it right. is that they seek to read. if Are you going to be the bulletproof writer or are you going to be the raw writer, right? right. And, that's, and either way, you can do both. Like, that's not to say you can't do both. That's just to say that audiences try to kind of put you in that position because otherwise, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but if you share anything that is a little bit more personal reading or personal seeming people think something's wrong with you or something's up (laughs) right and and then they hit you up like as if you are your words it's like nah, bro these are this is an idea read it as an idea read it as read it for what it is like sit with what it's saying don't think about me right but so often that happens where it's just like oh you wrote about relationships you must be writing about your relationship it's like I mean, yeah, but, like, I was also talking about a bird, so, you know, like, I don't really, like, you know, if you really want to know, like, what inspired this, um, (laughs) I can tell you it's not what you think, (laughs) like, and, um, but I think that's the, that's the culture of reader, right? It's like, and it's, and that's also the culture of reader in a place like the platforms that we, that we use as our medium to get our message out is you really do have to be considerate of, the um the totality i guess of uh, of what you're putting out and i i really respect that about your work as well as that it is consistent and it is reliable in that regard um you know that it is like you know i can go to you for that bulletproof insight, you know, that if you are a logical person and that if you are a more like sober minded person, um, you know, you can read that and gain something from it. But then also if you're like a whimsical, you know, like I love, you know, colorful language, you can also still read that and still see like, yeah, well this is still true. Right. And I think at best, um, you know, some of the best flirtations with like universal Or universality in their writing oftentimes that's what it looks like or what it feels like is that like any you know writer as well as reader can read a person's writing regardless if they're like a prose writer and they write really like colorful sentences and you know really descriptive stuff or if you're like you know someone in the like kind of like in that health and wellness poetry intersection um that's really popular right now right um you know you can also read something like that and be like yeah well this is still true i think that it's really about it being in service to the truth like like that's kind of at at the crux like what my writing practice is all about is like it's just i'm just i'm just trying to i'm just trying to channel what's true man like yeah um, Yeah, that's that's really it um and like what you said, like true in the sense that it eradicates delusion, re- right? Yeah, um, yeah, And illusion in a person, and you know, re- reframes narrative. And I think it's it's a it's a really important, um, especially now because of these platforms, right? There's so much feeding into those illusions and delusions that, in a way, like you know, for us to come in and to like share what we share, um, I think it's a r- really um, kind of like essential feature of, you know, reminding people to kind of touch grass a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Before we wrap up, because I know that um, you got to, you got to head out here, but like, yeah, I wanted to share one, you know, some of your writing, man, some of wrote. I think it was just in the last couple of days. that just was so great. So great. Um, and that was how you love is who you are. That was such a beautiful one. that one really just made me stop and think about my life <laughs> you know think about think about what i'm doing think about how i you know how i exist with people think about you know the presence that i give my wife you know how yeah. i could change and be yeah. even more aware of getting out of the patterns more yeah. aware of just making sure that the day to day is taken care of and kind of like getting, getting through things and like Mm -hmm. just remembering like, Oh, right. You know, don't, don't forget that depth. And Mm. because you're so right, you know, at at the end of the day, that's really true, man. That's it. You know, how you love is that is who you are. I love it. Where did that come from?
1: yeah um for me it was uh, it was a poem that I wrote in in my first book in uh, the Sun Underground and um, it really came from a place of I think similar to you in that like you know I I've always been trying to find a language for that like sense of safety and generosity and um, you know the way that we can get in our heads about the people in our lives as opposed to being, with the people in our lives um and sharing with them you know um the the reality of our experiences with them um and i think it in many ways like it was finding that I, i can think myself to be a loving person but if i don't do the little things that make a loving loving and that could that's different for everybody right like if you know your person and if you know the people in your life in your lives um and and you and you know what they what brings them joy and you know what makes them happy and you know what they like and you know what they don't like and you know um you know that they also know this about you by the way um so it's not just like this one-sided thing that you're just like all offering and all you know, in service to others. It's also like a, it's a two way street, of course. But, you know, for me, it's more so from the perspective of like, you know, if, if I know who the people in my life are to the point that I know what they like, I know what they love. I know what they don't like. I know what they don't love. I know what brings them comfort. I know what doesn't bring them comfort. I know what I can do to make them feel more comfortable. I know, you know, like you said, with your wife, it's the same with, you know, me and my wife. I'm like, I know what she's, I know when she's had a long day. You know where to where to pick up, you know, uh, and what to do, and and whatever else. That it's like when you don't do those sorts of things, and you see the kind of effects that it has. And afterward, you're having this conversation with yourself and with each other about like you know, you know, trying to communicate those like little sp- about those little spaces where where there were um, actions that seem almost like opposite to the love that you actually feel it begs the question is like, well, love has within it a lot of different components and it's all actions and it's things that you do, right? It's little acts of service or whatever else, right? Um, and um, you know, and then there's also that with yourself, right? Like how you move through the world as love yourself, right? And loving yourself, how you take care of yourself, right? Um, how you care for your own body and how you care for your own health, right? And then in turn, how by doing that, um you allow yourself to be first of all um more reliable to the people in your life um and therefore the loving continues and so like for me uh, that sense of like um the way you love is who you are it's that you know the it's almost it goes back to being present in the world right Mm -hmm. and it goes back to like being in the world with intention not with any demands not with any expectations just with intention itself right like i am intent on being in this moment and i'm intent on being with the people in my life while they are in my life i am intent on seeing them experience whatever kind of joy um, I can offer them and whatever kind of joy they can also experience, um, on their own and offering them the tools to, uh, always return back to that sense of life and joy, um, and vice versa. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's, a. It, it really goes back to that same ethos and it also goes back to our earlier in our conversation that it's just like you know when you do start to move in the world this way the world just really d- opens up for you so differently um and um you know it, it's everything really changes like your paradigm just totally shifts when um absolutely you know when you move from that place
0: yeah no absolutely man so true yeah. Um, well, Hey man, Chris, thank you so much for coming and hanging out. Uh, thank you, man. Yeah, for sure. It's been a
1: joy. I'm I'm really grateful to be here and, uh, thank you for the space. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's really refreshing to have conversations like these. So it means a lot.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Well, likewise, likewise, thank Thank you you for being here and all the work you're doing. Um, yeah, it's wonderful time. Thank you.